Welcome, everyone, to the First Presbyterian Church podcast. We are First Presbyterian in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we are glad that you are here listening with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, We hope that your day will be blessed, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit that we would be created anew. Blow through us, rain upon our dry and dusty lives, open our hearts. Help us to hear and to receive the word that you have for us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Do we have any cat people here? Some. It looks like mostly dog people. Cats, dogs, yeah. Um, Well, from what you know about cats, and if you've lived with cats, if you're a cat person, you may know, would you say it's possible to train cats the same way that you train dogs? Oh, I got a yes. There's a yes. Anybody else really confident that you can train a cat? Has anyone ever tried to train a cat to do anything? We've tried to train our cats to stay off the counters, and they, they just don't care. That's the problem with cats. Dogs want to please you. Cats do not. Well, I was not very confident that you could train cats, although Jan, Jan is. Jan knows. Um, but the other day, I saw this video of some famous cats doing a cat routine on America's Got Talent. Have you heard of this? These famous cats, they're called the Savitsky cats. And somehow these two women have managed to train this pack of four cats to do all kinds of tricks that normally you would see dogs do, like jumping over obstacles, and one can even crawl upside down on a rope. You know what I'm saying? And the biggest one, the biggest trick, was they had a cat up on a little like handheld platform, maybe 10 feet up in the air, and they trained that cat to jump down, like dive down on a pillow, like a high dive for a cat. Who knew? Who knew? Miracles can happen. I was astounded. Now, there are lots of things in life that seem impossible, like training cats, that are, in fact, possible. And the cat example is just a funny one, but what about in our own lives? What are the things that we think are impossible, but really are possible? What are the limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves or on other people 
I mean, have you ever wondered if what you had was enough or if what you offered in your job or at school was good enough? Have you ever maybe thought about other people like, they'll never change. Now, often people don't change, but there are rare occasions when they do change. We have sometimes these limited beliefs. We tend to only think things are possible that we've seen before, and we tend to think that things are true that we already believe are true. So maybe we think we can't do the things that we're scared of, or our families can't ever be reconciled, or we can't ever find peace with our past. We have this pesky uh, tendency, psychologists call it a confirmation bias, meaning that each new piece of information we get just tends to reinforce what we already believe. It's hard to believe otherwise. And there's that saying, you know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Now, you're not a dancing cat or a high-diving cat, but still, these beliefs limit us and our lives. Now, Philip and Andrew, the disciples with Jesus, during the story we heard earlier, they had some limiting beliefs, and sometimes our beliefs that limit us are really perfectly logical and reasonable. Who would think that with five bread, loaves of bread and two fish that you would feed 5,000 people? That just makes sense, right? But in this story, we hear about how God is a God of endless possibility. God is a God of abundance who's not limited by what we think is possible or right or true. God can do so much more than we can imagine. And that's what Jesus does that day on that mountain. Jesus proves to them that God wants them to be fed, to be healthy, to be happy and whole. God wants them to share and that God provides, even when we don't see that there is enough, God provides. I like the responses of the two disciples. The one who says, well, we don't have enough money for all of this, that's Philip. And then Andrew, who says, well, we do have this, these five loaves and these two fish. I wonder if he said it kind of meekly. Well, we've, this is what we've got. You know, like, maybe we can do something with this, but I am too embarrassed to even suggest it. But he does. Sometimes it makes more sense to be reasonable, but then there's God. Now, we've been talking about creation care in this series, and we're getting back to that in just a second. But when it comes to creation care, to caring for the earth, isn't it hard to believe in possibility? Isn't it hard to imagine that things can be better in this world? 
We've been talking about climate change for decades now. People have succeeded in making it a partisan issue so that we argue about whether or not it's even real. Meanwhile, scientists keep telling us that the clock is ticking down. And so for us average people who aren't in government and don't make big policy decisions, aren't necessarily running giant oil corporations or other corporations of the world, we wonder what can we do to make a difference? And when will things change for the better? But we have to believe that there is possibility. Otherwise, we do nothing and we fall into despair. And there is some good news. We are capable of some things. There was maybe 30 or so years ago talk about the ozone layer, the hole in the ozone layer over Antarctica. And then people did take that seriously and governments around the world worked to limit the CFCs, which was the particular chemical that was creating the hole. And scientists said in 2016 that the hole is closing. That's great news. And in smaller studies or smaller cases too, like here at our own church, we've been doing the work of creation care for 10 years. This year, 2022, we held, we've held four so far classes on different uh, topics related to the environment. Uh, one of the most exciting things was one of the classes on uh, planting a prairie because people came because they want to build their own prairies in their, um, on their own land. That's great. And our church has had an impact in the community and continues to make an impact. There is good news. And the story, the moral of the story, I think, from the feeding of the 5,000 and I'm sure you've heard it before, is that our meager offerings are transformed by God. So we are to keep going in hope and in faith and keep believing. Faith is hard. Hope is hard. It's hard to believe that things are possible because we just can't imagine it. And so it's in times like these and maybe in your own life, too, where you're wondering if things will ever change, where we just turn to God and rely on God's vision and rely on God to give us faith and hope when we feel like we have none. As Paul said in Romans, creation is crying out, waiting for the children of God. And we are those children and we can continue to do what small things we can, knowing and trusting that God will transform even our smallest actions into something meaningful, possible, and life-changing. Amen.